this 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 Western thing will lead us into Comic Con. All right, start the show. <clears throat> yes, yes. Uh, okay, we're we're just gonna dive in because we got a lot. We got a lot to talk about. It's gonna be a big show. Uh, I think. I mean, you know, it could go either way, really. <laughs> it, could, it could be a very small show. Uh, could, could be, could be tiny. Actually, that's all uh, I've got. You, you, that, yeah, that's if you want it. to get hold I of just, us, all it's podcasted on taking pictures. Uh, it's it's July twenty fifth. It's Tuesday. You know, I was trying to think the other day. Uh, have we only? I think we've only. Have we only come out with a show on Wednesday once or twice? I know we've recorded other days before, but they've always come out on Tuesday. I think the only one we, was it the only one we was missed was when you July? were- Yeah, like when you were in Denver or something. Oh, no, I think that was actually on a, oh, yeah, yeah, I put that out daily day because I didn't finish editing it, but yeah. Uh, and you didn't have service or something. You yeah, didn't yeah, have, yeah, you didn't yeah, have I didn't have Wi-Fi, service. yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've been pretty consistent. That's pretty, I mean, Makes 273 episodes and- They've all been pretty consistent. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Anyway, it's on Taking Pictures. It's uh, Bill in uh, Brooklyn. It's Jeffrey in Silver Spring. And uh, we were talking about Westerns uh, before the show. And somehow this is going to lead to Comic-Con. Well, yeah. First of all, I love Westerns. Love Westerns. Love, 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 love Westerns. Uh, and Comic-Con, they showed the trailer for season two of Westworld. Ah, okay. Mm -hmm. That's okay. the tie-in. And Ed Harris is back. As he should uh, be. As, as the man in black. Yeah. Which yeah. he was in a, uh, well, it wasn't a great Western, but he's a great character actor. He was in uh, a Western called Appaloosa. Yep. It was pretty good. Um, it's, it's, it's no tombstone though, as we were discussing. <laughs> man, that uh, was good. That Val Kilmer role. That was, I think that's his best role. All right, I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to to watch Tombstone again. I haven't seen that yeah. in years. Yeah. Um, I was wondering where you're going with the Comic Con thing because I don't generally well, think of Comic Con as as a Western. Well, as all that much actually. I'm not a huge yeah. Comic Con fan. My, uh, my friend Jude was there. He he came out. Uh, he was filming something uh, here in town, and we got to hang out together, which is awesome because I haven't seen him in oh geez, probably three years, and uh, his shoot lasted all of about 35 minutes. So uh, he spent three days to and from DC for a half hour shoot. Yep. Yeah. He's been doing this stuff since, since 89. And he said this was the longest travel for the shortest shoot in his entire career. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. As long as you got what you wanted. See, if you came yeah, well, yeah. and you did they, the whole thing and the person had to leave or they got sick no, or no, no. They, they were a nightmare, they, you know, they shot with some, some veterans and then at the Army Navy Club, and then went over to the White House. Uh, he didn't go to the White House. He was done with the. It was some interview things, but uh, man, it was you know it was great. There are those people in in your life that uh, for whom time becomes irrelevant, in the sense that you know we haven't seen each. I mean, we talk a lot. We talk a lot on the phone, and you know. And, email and all that kind of stuff but we haven't we haven't seen each other in several years but it it doesn't matter it's like when 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 you get together again with these people time just has no meaning and you pick up exactly where you left yeah. off the best ones of those are the ones that you don't talk to all the time i haven't seen Absolutely. you in four years you sit down to lunch and it's like oh right it's you and me 
right here we are again love and, that. and you're there for three hours yep. yeah 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 so it was it was really cool and it was um you know it was it was nice to catch up uh i've i, I have to share i have to share a story okay uh, uh jude knows a lot of people and he's not a, a name dropper he just happens to know a lot of people and uh in in the industry and i asked him uh you know, I said, you, 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 I mean, you're in the DGA, you're in the producers guild, you know, you're friends with Soderbergh and, you know, you first name basis with Spielberg, all this kind of stuff. Right. I said, have you ever been just kind of floored meeting somebody where you just, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't handle it or it was just so much. And he said, he thought for a minute and he's like, yeah, actually I have. He's like a friend of mine was, um, used to be a medic on set and, uh, film and television and, and invited me to this rap party. And he's like, I, I don't even remember what it was for, but it was in this big warehouse in Santa Monica. And he said, just, you know, I'll put you on the list. Just come find me. And, uh, you know, we'll go from there. And he said, yeah, okay. So he shows up and, and, you know, he's on the list and he gets in the door and he sees, uh, his friend across the room. Uh, and they, you know, wave to each other and he's talking to a bunch of people and Jude makes his way over and he's like, oh, hey, you know, and, and, and uh, his friend's like, oh, hey, everyone, this is my friend Jude. Jude, this is everyone. And he's like, oh, hey, guy. And he stops dead in his tracks because he's looking down the row of who's there. And it's Ringo Starr, <laughs> George Harrison, Tom Petty, Eric Clapton, and Roy Orbison. <laughs> and he was just... <laughs> you know, and he's yeah. and, and they all start cracking up, right? Because they get it, right? They, right. Yeah, they, yeah, they yeah, get yeah, the yeah, joke. Yeah. Uh, but then he said, like, for you know, twenty minutes or so, he just sat there just talking to these guys, and it was just so cool. But there was that initial moment of, uh, you know, sure. what do I do? You know, again, it's everybody's just people. I was actually, you know, you you told me that story the other day, yeah, and I recounted it to somebody I was shooting the other day, um, and she had been in the sort of studio 54 sort of party scene back in the day. Wow. That was a who's who man. Everybody was there, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and I was, I was telling, uh, I was telling her how my friend gave me a print of a picture of Basquiat. It's a terrific picture, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. It's really nice. Uh, I got to get a frame for it. Um, anyway, I was, I was telling her this story and she, and I told her your story and she's just like, Oh, Oh yeah, Jean, we used to hang out with Jean Michel. Like, oh, we all all used to do drugs together. And you know, oh my like, god, she's telling me these crazy stories about doing drugs with Basquiat. What are you doing? Uh, I'm doing coke with Jean Michel Basquiat. Can yeah. I call you back? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's basically what she was saying. And and nice. I was just thinking to myself, wow, what a what a different world it is now, isn't it? it though back then, you know, just a different world. I uh, I've got a thing that I want to bring up because you you I, you will appreciate this. Uh, audio guy that you are. Yeah. So I got a turntable for my I heard birthday. you got a turntable. What, what, what exactly turntable did you get? Uh, I got the audio technica. I think it's the LP one twenty. Okay. Uh, apparently this is, Classic. this is kind of the, the hotness in, in the turntables right now. Well, that's, um, that's, that's the, uh, that's the classic, uh, direct drive so that you yes. can do scratching on it. Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, did you get the USB or the, the one that has USB on it or no? Yes. It's got, it's got a phono uh, 
preamp in it or you can go line out. And I, you know, I got some powered speakers that are also Bluetooth, which is kind of nice. So I can, you know, connect the phones and all that. So, okay. uh, but I, I was thinking about it and I'm going to, I'm, I'm actually writing something about this because it is not to go off on this sort of hipster tangent of vinyl, but vinyl is very much like film in photography in that it's number one, it's not about the end product. It's it's about the process of using it or the process of listening in this case. I, right? I think the word ritual would be. Yeah, well absolutely. Here. Absolutely. And it's, it's such an, it's such a terrific feeling because I get to rediscover a lot of these records that I first discovered as a kid, you know, yeah. yep. um, I, my mom always had records. We didn't have a, probably a great record player, but she always had records and she, my mom, my, my little, you know, five foot pasty white mom was this huge Motown fan. So, and at any given moment, you, you, you come into our house and it's, you know, Motown and funk and, you know, there's Stevie Wonder and Roberta Flack and, you know, just this amazing cross and Barry Manilow, right? So sure. there's this fantastic cross section. But the, the first record that I remember going over to a friend's house and listening to, like that, that was my age, was uh, uh, my buddy Steve Strickland. Uh, his brother just got a copy of Cheap Trick live at Budokan. <laughs> sure. Remember that? Sure. The, the, the gatefold, you know, double album. So we went over and, and he's like, that's you at the height, and listen. That's, that's like, that's the height yeah. of rock and roll, right? Yes. So we're sitting there in Steve's, you know, uh, brother's room or whatever, listening to uh, uh, Cheap Trick at Budokan. And uh, so it's it's just... It's interesting. I, I got a few um, uh, records along with it and uh, ordered this Miles Davis record. So I was listening to that. And, and it's just a, it's, it's a terrific process of discovery. And it's, a, it's, a, it's such a wonderful gift because it's, it's a gift that's not only inspiring, but in, it, it is inspired in and of itself because you get to rediscover all this stuff from your, from your youth. I think you know what it is it's it's similar to a photo book versus Instagram right I can see that sure where sure where it's no this is a discrete set of in this case songs that you're choosing to pick up pull the physical thing out clean it put it on the thing right put the needle on the record so so that it's it's a conscious choice to listen to a specific thing and then whatever uh, you know 16 minutes in or whatever it is right, you got to right. turn it over Well that's the thing right you got yeah. vinyl demands your attention Yeah you, you have to actively listen to vinyl because it it you're right it ends and you have to physically go yeah. do something Right right and each time this is the other thing each time each time you enjoy it you kill it a little Yeah yeah exactly uh, you know, almost like a slide analog. projector, you know, every time yeah, you use sure. a slide, you know, it's, so it's just, it's, it's been a really interesting kind of process of discovery and, uh, you know, it, there's the whole, now you have to physically go to the record store again. Sure. Yeah. You have to go and flip through and, and take them out and look at them. And, and, you know, so there's <laughs> that whole sort of tactility aspect to it. Yep. Um, and you also have to store your records yeah, <laughs> and all, right. the, all the downsides that come with records too. 
It's right. interesting. Somewhere in the middle, I used to be a, um, you know, I'm, for those of you who haven't listened that long, I'm a fairly nerdy audio guy. Um, I was actually listening last night. Uh, Conrad was late at work and it was nine o'clock at night. And I was just like, you know, I'm just going to listen to some music. And so I pulled the speakers out to their ideal positions and turned the lights off and sat down in listening chair and was listening to some stuff. And it's interesting that the that CDs in some way are this weird middle ground in the sense that if I'm listening to a CD, I still got to go up to the CD player, stick a CD and hit play or whatever it is versus mm-hmm. what I can do now where I have everything ripped losslessly. I can right. sit in my chair, use the remote app and pull up any one of 45,000 songs that I've ripped losslessly yeah, on my yeah, server yeah, yeah. to the point where it's almost, it, it, it loses something. It's almost too easy, right? Like flipping through the physical things is somehow more satisfying to me than having all the options in the world available to me at all times. Sure. Sure. Um, and I don't, do you think that that's just a generational thing? I don't know. You know, I, I, <clears throat> We went to a couple record stores over the weekend, and I, in addition to looking at the records themselves, I was I was noticing the people that were there, and like there was a guy that was there. Like, they all looked like me. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, there was a guy there, presumably with his daughter, and they were buying, you know, some records. And I thought right. that's and and she was maybe, gosh, I don't know if I had to hazard a guess, sixteen. Right. You know, 15, 16, something like that. Yep. And, and it was just, it was kind of neat. And, and, you know, yeah, there, there is that aspect of, of not only discovery of what you're looking for, but I'm flipping through going, I've never heard of this. I've never seen this. Oh my sure. gosh, this is, you know, uh, and then there are the little gems, you know, there's like the, uh, the unopened copy of sticks, the grand illusion for eight sure. bucks. Yep, you know, yep, yep. or or uh, an unopened copy of of Billy Joel's The Stranger, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it's, it's just, I don't know. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, you can also it, get lost in the whole world of, oh, this is this pressing and this is that pressing. And right. Just, Which, I mean, that's a whole other ball. Yeah. Of and I, I scratched the surface of that because I, I it wanted goes to get deep. Be careful. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to get kind of blue. And apparently the oh, new God. pressing is not as good as the old mono pressing. Same with Revolver. Yep. The 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 mono pressing of revolver is the way to go. The stereo pressing is apparently crap. That's true of most of the Beatles records. Well, crap is a relative term, but the Beatles records were generally mixed for mono, at least most of the early ones. And mm-hmm. then, yeah, mm-hmm. they were they were done in stereo as sort of an afterthought that the Beatles weren't really involved in. So, but yes, uh, yeah. funny funny Beatles quote. We were Jude and I were talking about uh, Ringo because he he. He got a text message from somebody that was, you know, pretty well known, and and I asked how how they met. And he's like, oh, we met through through Ringo, who he met through someone. Anyway, he said, oh, great great Paul McCartney, McCartney quote for you, because there's this whole like brouhaha that we talked about last week of of you know Ringo saying that Paul actually died in 1966 and right. and right. is is a a fake now or whatever, and and apparently there was an interview where. Where uh, where somebody asked Paul is is Ringo the best drummer in the world? And Paul responded, "He's not even the best drummer in the band." Right? Yeah, yeah. That's the classic <laughs> you know? story. Yeah, it's. I, I'd never heard that. And I was oh, like, really? Oh, really? Oh, yeah. That's that's the burn. classic story. Yes. Yeah. Well, Paul played a lot of the drums and a lot of that stuff. Um, so. Although Ringo is an excellent drummer, I, I yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's uh, kind of blue is one of those funny records too because 
Yeah, there's the mono pressing. There are stereo ones. The, famously, as the years went on, Kind of Blue was the record that all audiophiles had to buy the new version of. There were, you know, ah, okay. there, there was re, at least three remastered versions of Kind of Blue on CD from the original tapes, blah, blah, blah. There right. was uh, the mini disc version. There was when they went back to LPs, there was the digital transfer to analog version. Kind of Blue is sort of the uh, the one that you have to go back to every 24 minutes, and it's the first thing Sony ever put out on each of their right, formats. Right. Although Billy Joel's The Stranger, I do believe, is it 52nd Street? I think it was 52nd Street, uh, was the first CD ever. Hmm. Um, anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Does, so, does, so you're does Jay get uh, residuals each time a new version comes comes out, or did they? You know, if they if they bought that image out, oh, kind of blue. Yeah, uh, I do believe he gets money every single time because uh, wow. he famously sued them for putting out a reissue and they hadn't paid him. I'm I'm 90 percent sure we could do some wow. research on that. Yeah, um, nice little shoddy shot at a you know, right. Yeah, it's a good yeah, time. So, hey, kids, if you're ever going to shoot an album cover, shoot an iconic album cover so yeah. you can make some cash money. Yeah, make sure it's going to be one of the most famous <laughs> records of all time. That's just right. Before you pull the trigger. Right. Just, just tell them you're not going to do it. How good is this record? <laughs> Let yeah. me listen. Let me. <laughs> yeah. As if you would know from, like, yeah. you know. I don't know uh, if I can do this. <laughs> yeah. So. so be careful that you don't get sucked down the rabbit hole because it, yeah. it goes deep. Well, it's. I have you know, friends who go deep on It's like books too, you know, photo books, which, which reminds me, uh, thank you so much for the Rauschenberg book. Oh, you're uh, welcome. very excited. It looks tome-esque. Uh, Is it tome-esque? It's, it's pretty giant. I mean, if you whacked somebody in the side of the head with this thing, they would go down <laughs> like a sack of potatoes. Is the printing all right? Yeah, it's good. Okay. It's good. good. All right. Yeah. I, it makes me now want to, want to come up even more and, well, you and gotta see come that see show. It in, yeah. You got to come see it in person. Um, and you know what else is going on right now at MoMA is a big, um, uh, Frank Lloyd Wright show. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, I'd love to see that too. So both of them at the same place. Actually, you know what I did? Okay, let me let me twist just for a second. Yeah, uh, there was a Georgia O'Keeffe show at the Brooklyn Museum for the last few months mm-hmm. that everyone and their mother who has seen it has said, "Oh my God, you have to see this this Georgia O'Keeffe show," and it was closing on Sunday. So last Friday, I ha- I was free in the afternoon, and my friend Bianca came over to do some computer stuff and i helped her and i said hey do you want to go see that george o'keefe thing so she and i walked over to the brooklyn museum which is a couple a mile and a half away and uh it was really interesting because it wasn't really her paintings Mm. i mean there were a handful of her paintings on the walls but there was there were some videos of her talking you know interviews Hmm. people had done Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. a lot of her clothes both stuff that she designed and clothes that she wore that that other people had designed all huh. of that very George O'Keefe look, right? You know, I had no of, idea that she designed clothes. Apparently, she designed some of her own clothes. Interesting, but were they very sort of flowy? Were they reminiscent of her paintings in in that uh, way? They were very utilitarian, you know. Ah, very okay, okay. So, but here's the crazy thing: about 70 percent of the show was photographs of her by other people. Just That's, portraits of her. Yeah. Huh. Uh, and I mean, granted f- f- for itself that that was worth it all already. Cause you know, you see all these crazy Stieglitz things and they're all original prints and stuff, but there's also, uh, uh, Tony Vaccaro and, 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 you know, uh, Karsh and all these other people who famously took pictures of, of, of her. Um, and so in the end it was less a, a show about her artwork 
as it was a show about her celebrity. Does that make sense? Interesting. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. And I just, is that valuable to you? I, I found it fascinating. Least. Well, I found it fascinating because I wanted to see these pictures and the photographs are really great. You know what I mean? So it, it was interesting to me, but I just thought that was an interesting twist on a look at an artist. It wasn't about their work so much as it was about the sphere that they illuminated yeah. around them. I, I would be more interested in the work, I think. Yeah, I'll, I'm not a huge fan of Georgia O'Keeffe, so I was okay not seeing a whole lot of her paintings. Right, um, right. But you never know. I mean, if if yeah, maybe there was it's, something. It's kind there of that a cool chance me. to see a, a smorgasbord of other people's work that maybe you weren't you you know you weren't aware of. True, true, true. And she was what 99 years old when she died. Or something, something like that. She yeah. she lived a good long time. She lived a long time. And it wasn't from clean living. I'll tell you that. <laughs> you think? Oh yeah, big big doper. Really. No, I don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was going to say, geez. I don't know anything really much about her. <laughs> um, so where all do you the wanna... artists smoke the dope. Come on. <laughs> you know, I, I love all of this, uh, this uh, Beatles conversations that keeps coming up because it's foreshadowing our photographer of the week this week. Exactly. Exactly. Like don't give it, it away. Did don't you do that on purpose? Uh, no. Oh, okay. No. Uh, uh, all right. Wait, one thing what? real yeah. quick. Speaking of, of, uh, portraits, uh, New Annie Leibovitz book coming out from Fiden. I got an email about it today. It's only 6,000 pounds. Yeah, right. <laughs> comes with its own tripod and Sherpa. It comes with a book <laughs> Sherpa to carry it around. What's, um, what's the new book? It's, uh, it's called uh, Portraits 2005 to 2016. There are two versions available. There's a slip-covered version. Yeah, pre-order. There you go. Uh, for 125 and then the regular version is 89. The only difference that I can see is the limited edition, quote unquote, comes with uh, uh, a slipcover. Other than that, they, they seem to be the same book. Oh, yeah. Look at that. I'll put a link in the show notes. It's uh, 89 bucks on Amazon. You know, Amazon does that thing, that pre-order price thing, where if you buy it pre-ordered, you get the... If, if they lower the price in between when you pre-order it and when it comes out, they'll actually give you the lower price. Oh, really? Yeah. Which is actually really kind of cool, right? I mean, that's that's the way you, it, you'd think it should work, right? If I pre-order this and then you go lower the price, I don't want it to come back to you. They just give you the lower price when it actually, because they don't charge you, I don't think, until it ships. Ah, okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I just, it, wait, I is, did you just, cool. did you look? Is this Annie book on Amazon? Yeah, it's on listed? Amazon. I'm putting it Oh, what do they list it for? Uh, 89.95, which I think is probably list price. That's list on the non-slip covered version. Yeah. Okay. So therefore this, yeah. So they must just be pre-ordered. By the time it comes out, maybe it's 72.50 yeah, or whatever Yeah, 70 it is. or 68, right. 68.60 or whatever. Right, right, yeah. right, 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 right. So I'll put a, I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, all right. What do you, what do you, what do you have for or against ultra wide monitors? Um, I don't have anything for or against them. I just kind of wanted to talk about it because it, it seems like more and more of these types of monitors, and we're talking like the what uh, uh, twenty-one by nine uh, or you know weird almost, ratio. Yeah. yeah, it's like a two to one, I guess, is what it is. Yep. Um, but they're you know these ultra wide curved monitors, um, uh, or or flat. They have flat ones. I think LG makes one. Samsung makes one. Yep. Um, I think ASUS makes one and is it is it valuable because we talk we've talked about 4k monitors 
these monitors are very wide, but by and large, they're still just 1080 on the vertical. Yeah, they're they're two 1080p monitors stuck next to each other. Right, they're they're right. one half of a quote unquote 4K monitor. Right. So is it is it valuable from an editing perspective, or or do you think you're still getting better utility out of more more pixels, less surface area? Uh, I personally would rather have more pixels and less surface area or have a 27 inch 16 by nine or 16 by 10 monitor. Um, the, 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 okay. Can we, can we do a little deep dive into monitor ratios for half a second? Sure. Sure. So back in the day when you and I were just young pups, um, all monitors were four by three, right? Like old, old TVs. Right. Uh, Remember when, I remember when VGA came out, and um, <laughs> it's true. I do remember when VGA. I plugged came in out. my Windows ME box and went to town. Windows ME. Are you, you kidding remember, me? Remember that Windows, Millennium Edition? Oh, sure. I'm talking about Windows 3.1. Okay. Um, Windows. <laughs> no work groups for you, Mister. I remember when Windows 3.0 came out, and I was like, "Oh my god!" They came out 3.1 just a year later. Um, the, the reason I bring this up is that it, th- there was this idea that you, you had this, this ratio, right? You had this sort of rectangular, <laughs> ironically closer to a uh, sort of a, a medium or large format four by five ratio kind of, kind right, of view. Right. Rather of than the three, two of right. 35. Yeah, right. sure. Um, and then there was this push for, oh, we're going to have wide monitors. So this started whatever, uh, around 2000 maybe. Because mm-hmm. I remember I had an SGI super wide, the sixteen hundred or whatever it was, right, right, which right. by the way was the coolest monitor I ever had by Absolute. far. Well, come on, their their industrial design at the time was oh second to none. Oh my god, that that monitor I felt so cool. Even you just browsing the web on that thing, I felt cool. <laughs> it was it was a problem. Was it even TN or was it still dual scan? Uh, no, actually, it was it was. I think it was an IPS display. Actually, it was it was really? a very expensive monitor. Because um, wow. it had to have this special weird box because the connector was oh right it had to have the little breakout box behind it had it. this converter yeah yeah yeah, to, yeah from VGA or DVI into whatever the weird oh god I have to look up that version. the proprietary SGI yeah SGI coming out of it, yeah. SW sixteen hundred uh I'll I'll put a link in the show notes to the Wikipedia page um put a link to the O two because that was a great little. Oh, the, o- the SGI O2? Yeah. yeah Built yeah, by yeah. Lunar Design. Which was, uh, which w- a lot of those, and a lot of, then they came out with those weird ones, the later ones that actually ran Windows NT. Remember that for a while? Uh, the, I think there was the Octane. Was it yeah. the Octane? Yeah, yeah, um, Anyway, so, so, so there was this move towards widescreen, right? And this was actually when DVDs were starting to come out. Sure, and the whole idea sure. Of, we so you'd have movies. that cinematic format. Exactly. Sure. TVs and widescreen and you want to see that, right, with the cinematic format. So they ended up with the HDTV standard, which is 16 by 9. A lot of monitors were still 16 by 10, so they were a little bit taller than, uh, mm-hmm. than So you still have those wonky black bars <laughs> at top and bottom. Right, 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 right. But there was this idea that, oh, I had this space and now I have 20% more on either side, right? I've mm-hmm. added, I've added room for myself. Um, what's, what's funny about all this is that uh, as panel costs have sort of come down, a lot of monitors have gone to 16 by nine because that's what TVs are made at. So they can use the same process and, and get the most efficiency out of, out of these large panel sheets that sure. they cut up, you know? Sure. Um, but, but, but then you get this question of, 
oh, well, Microsoft and uh, just put out their Surface, what is that thing called? Surface Studio? Surface Studio Pro, I think which is what it's called. Which is four by three, correct? Mm-hmm. Which everyone's pointing out, oh, it's like widescreen, but add stuff to the top and bottom. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah, so, marketing. We were at four by three or, or, or whatever. We, we added we some added on the st- sides to get wide. <laughs> and now we're adding top and bottom to get back to four by three. Right. Ultimately, we just are getting more pixels, right? Which is, which right, is, right. Which is in my opinion, what you want. Um, I've been using this monitor for whatever, two years. Anytime I use a non quote unquote retina monitor for like a better, uh, a non high DPI monitor, non high DPI. Yeah. Sure. I don't. I don't know how people look at it. It's just like, oh my God, it's, it's so night and day that I, it especially, I mean, for using it on the web, for looking at, especially for working, you know, I can look at a picture and it feels like a print on my screen that I'm editing as opposed to this low res thing that approximates the print. And so I print it out and I see things I didn't see on the screen, you know, that, that kind of thing. Um, but there is this interesting thing of where I'm using a 16 by nine monitor. So if I have a, picture of mine that's a portrait orientation a vertical picture that's three by two you've got a ton of space i'm using a whole i'm wasting a whole lot of space on the sides right right? now you need some room for palettes so if i'm using a three by two landscape image from say my canon right or 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 something before i switched over Mm -hmm. new camera's a little bit different because the ratio is more rectangular but more square um but but for the old ones, there was still room on the sides. Mostly, you were weren't wasting a lot of space. But vertical images, you're really wasting a lot of space because you can't use right, any of it. Right. Now you could rotate your monitor. Some people do that, although it, a lot of monitors don't like being. I mean, you can rotate them and you can go in. They don't automatically. Remember the old days when there was this idea that you just rotate the monitor and the computer would realize its orientation and mm-hmm, flip sure. the thing, S- snap the thing into place. Yeah, yeah sure. but most of them don't do that anymore. You have to go in manually and and say, oh, I'm rotating this 180 degrees or 90 degrees left or right. Um, right. It's more of a dummy connection now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it, that messes with all of this uh, subpixel alias anti-aliasing that they do for fonts now. You know, because that's all about these pixels being right next to each other horizontally. Right. The minute you rotate it, that screws all that up. You know, it's less of a thing on high DPI monitors, but you get the point. Um, so now they've come out with this whole idea of, oh, we're going to have these super wide monitors, these what ultra wide. What do they call them? Ultra wide. Yeah, ultra sure. Wide. Okay. So I think LG was one of the first people who made mm-hmm, made mm-hmm. these things right. And I think that to to a large extent, they are amazing for uh, gamers. Because if you're playing some sort of running around shooting game or driving game, you get this immersive thing in one big screen without breaks in the middle or, or, right. or that kind of thing. Where, right? Whereas uh, prior to these, people would have two or three screens, but then you've got the bezels in between. Right, 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 right. But And, and it gives you this sense of peripheral vision outside the scope of a single monitor. The, the I do not think that they are very useful for what we're talking about in the sense that it's a whole lot of width, but that doesn't help you with vertical images. It doesn't really give you anything with horizontal images, you know, because right. it's it's like a weird shaped window at which you're looking at your work. I think that the 16 by 9 that I actually this thing might be 16 by 10, but the, the sort of normal widescreen ratio sometimes is already a little too wide to be most efficient for palettes and workspace and all the rest of it. Um, so. My answer to your question is no, I don't think that they're that useful for professional use just because it's just an awkward thing to do. I guess you could even, okay, 
you could have an ultra wide monitor and have a super long uh, um, uh, timeline in a video editor, I guess. But then right. again, it's really not giving you any more information than a 4K regular monitor is. It's just sort of stretching it out really wide to the point where, you just, yes, you have a 4K width monitor or 3850 or whatever the hell it is. But it's 30. How many? How wide are these things? 40 inches, 36 inches, yes, you know. 32, 34, 39 even. Yeah. So you're, um, you're and str- some of them are 1440 on the height. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, but it, it, most of them are 1080 on the height. Right. And then what you're doing is you're stretching out those 3850 pixels to the point where you can actually start seeing the pixels again because you've stretched it out to, you know, six yards, you know, like, right. um, so I, I'm not a huge fan of them, but you know, everybody's got their thing. Uh, if somebody out there actually uses one of these things for, for, uh, for, uh, work, let us know yeah, what right you in. think of it. Yeah. I'd love to, I'd love to hear uh, what your thoughts are. I, I, I know what you're saying, Jeffrey, and th- they're, it's tempting, but I mean, you might as well just get a 27 inch 4k, you mm-hmm. know, cause you can get a nice one of those now for not that much money. Right. You know, right. Um, Sub five. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I mean, even, even the new, the new TN panels, cause there's some weird, they've improved TN panels a lot so mm-hmm. that even the, I would almost choose a modern 4k, 27 or 28 inch TN panel over a low res IPS panel. Like I'd take the resolution hmm. even if it killed, if it, if it lost me a little gamut, I, I love the resolution. Couldn't go back. Would never go back. It's, you know, I'm past that point. Um, well, so even, even with IPS, I mean, it's a little bit like an SSD, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, you don't want to sure. go back. <laughs> I'm yeah. done with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting. So yeah, if you, if you've got, uh, if you've got yeah, some um, of these are 34 inches wide. Oh, that's really wide. Yeah. I mean, that's 10 inches on top of mine, but not as tall. You know, it's that's a weird shape. Again, it's amazing shape for gaming. And if I was a gamer, it's more power to you. Hey, if you plug a console into one of these things, does the console know what the hell to do with it? Should be. Yeah, should. That's that's always it. see that I would do if I was a console gamer. Get one of these for four hundred bucks or two hundred fifty bucks. Get one of these and the new Xbox One X that's coming out. Ooh. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if if that were a gamer thing, super. You know, um, I'm also become a fan of the monitor uh, um, arm. You know, like a Visa. Uh, arm. Yeah. Sure. 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 Uh, because then you could just like push the thing out of the way or pull it toward you, and it's not sitting on your desk like it's not in your way all the time. Um, what, what you really want is one of these that's 4K. Right. Which you mean, ver- so it would actually be two 4K, 4K on the next vertical. To each other. Yeah. So, so 8K across right. 4K vertical. Right. That and, would be pretty sick. And they're already talking about 8K standards. And, you know, I mean, obviously the Apple, uh, the 5K iMac and Dell, I think, makes a 5K monitor. Um, I mean, 5K is already, what is it, 60 something percent bigger than 4K or something? You yeah. Know, yeah. Just because of the, the way that it all works out the math. Um, I, 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 so yeah, my, my vote is, uh, don't go super wide, go regular ratio and just get a high res one. Um, prices have really come down. Even my monitor, which is just a little 24 inch, but it really packs the pixels in, which I like. Um, and I don't have to turn my head to look from one side to the other. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, there, <laughs> right. it, it's, it, there it, is that. Yeah, it's no, funny, right. but not funny. Right. It's like a little bit of sometimes I used to have a 30 inch monitor and it was great. And I loved it. Mostly I had it because it's the only way you could get that many pixels in such a, in a space. Right. right? You get, the, so 
for me, it was like, okay, I got this 30 inch monitor, but now, and some people who are big monitor fans come to my house and they're like, how do you work on such a small monitor? It's like, 24 inch monitor. Remember when 24 right, inch right. monitor was enormous? You know. Oh yeah, I, uh, I remember when 20 inch TVs were enormous. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, well, uh, right in though. Uh, yeah. In fact, regardless of whether you use a curved, right? Let us let us know what type of monitor you guys use, regardless of whether it's curved, flat, big, small, 4K. Jeffrey will buy whatever you, gets the most votes. No, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll put right after I get a new camera. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> um, <coughs> I put some links in the show notes. Uh, see, now I gotta now I gotta look up what that weird connector was on the on the SGI. There was a God, what was it? It was a. Uh, All right, while you're looking me. that up, uh, some sad news. What's that? John Sharkowski died. Ah, <sighs> yeah, I saw that. I also uh, did the we, math and realized that he was about 31 years old when he. Brought when all he these curated into Eggleston, the yes, yeah. So famously <laughs> curated the 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 Eggleston show at the Modern, and uh, uh, the 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 first sentence in this New York Times article: uh, John Sharkowski, a curator who almost single handedly elevated photography's status in the last half century to that of fine art, making his case in seminal writings and landmarks exhibitions, landmark exhibitions at the Museum of Modern Art in New York. Died Saturday at Pittsfield, Mass. He was 81. But I mean, that's a single-handedly elevated photography's status to, to that of fine art. That's a big get. Yeah. So I guess that's... Do you think this is a situation of one person uh, winning over the art world? Or was the art world primed and ready for this? And he was the guy who... I think edge. I think it was I think it was both. I think uh, in in reading a little bit about him because I didn't know much about him, but in in reading this article and then I I went and read a few others about about his career and his life, uh, it seemed like he had just a terrific eye. In the same way that that Jobs could kind of see around the corner in technology, it seems like Mr. Sharkowski could see around the corner in the art world and see what would become. Yeah, you might be right. Do you know, <laughs> there's a picture of him in 1975 there, yeah, uh, which I think would make him like 37 years old in that picture. <laughs> right. <laughs> he looks older than both of us combined. <laughs> oh, I think he looks cool. He's got the 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 sort of mustache, mustache. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look at his hair all tussled. Love it's it. Classic. Um, uh, yeah. So yeah, I, you might be right. Yeah, so Mr. Sharkowski was first to confer importance on the work of Deanne Arbus, Lee Friedlander, and Gary Winogrand in his influential exhibition, New Documents, at the Museum of Modern Art in 1967. Uh, the show, considered radical at the time, identified a new direction in photography, pictures that seemed to have a casual snapshot-like look and subject matter so apparently ordinary that it was hard to categorize. I mean, that in and of itself, taking something that, that on the surface isn't special at all, right? and the fact that it's not special is what makes it special. Yeah. <laughs> Did you, okay, a little bit further down, Mr. Sarkowski throws, this is a quote. Uh, This was uh, talking about William Eggleston's guide, widely considered the worst show of the year in photography at the time. Mr. Sarkowski throws all caution to the wind and speaks of Mr. Eggleston's pictures as perfect, Hilton Kramer wrote at the Times. Perfect? Perfectly banal, perhaps. Perfectly boring, certainly. (laughs) Yeah. Isn't that great? (laughs) Perfectly banal. I love that. 
So, I, it, I mean, know, this this also speaks to the idea that that how views of certain photography and certain art changes over time, right? That at the time, this guy thought this was the 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 way forward. A lot of people disagreed with him. In the long run, he was proven right, at least in in professional opinion. Sure, um, sure. Sorry, go ahead. I cut you off. Well, and I just I was going to say it, it seems like he had a singular vision of what photography could be and sought out those people who could almost substantiate that vision yeah. or make that vision whole. Can can you, uh, you see the, the picture I was talking about of him? Yeah. Uh, right next to it is a quote says one might compare. Oh you yeah. See that? All right. Yeah. This is, this is from uh, the introduction to a four volume set, the work of, of Ache for Eugene Ache, who which was, would be pretty amazing. Okay. Oh, so you're better at reading book. Oh, you did for my birthday. Yeah. From Chris Connors. Read, can you can you read that? You read this stuff better. Yeah, sure. Uh, One might compare the art of photography to the act of pointing, Mr. Sharkowski wrote. It must be true that some of us point to more interesting facts, events, circumstances, and configurations than others. He added, the talented practitioner of the new discipline would perform with a special grace, sense of timing, narrative sweep, and wit, thus endowing the act not merely with intelligence, but with that quality of formal rigor that identifies a work of art so that we would be uncertain when remembering the adventure of the tour, how much our pleasure and sense of enlargement had come from the things that the things pointed to and how much from a pattern created by the pointer. That's, I mean, that's a beautiful sentiment. It's also interesting in there and something that I think you and I both agree with. That is a good turn of phrase for us. Formal rigor that identifies a work of art. Yeah, it's terrific. Yeah. It's terrific. I mean, in the same way that Minor White worked to elevate, you know, photography to art with Aperture. I mean, these these guys were were sort of, you know, birds of a feather thematically anyway. Sure. Seem to have been. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um Yeah, it's, it's Thaddeus John Sharkowski. What a great name, Thaddeus. I went to high school with a guy named Thaddeus. Anybody named Thaddeus anymore? Everybody called him Thad, though. Yeah. Uh, I just uh, I I like the it, the way he just spoke of of art is uh, in keeping with at least the way I see things, and I think the way you see things. I think that's right. a th- those two paragraphs are a pretty good. Oh yeah, shorthand for how, how you got. <laughs> he puts it better than you and I could ever, <laughs> or at least I could ever what, do. What you do we could probably the get four, close. Four volume set. Here we go. The work you of find Ache. It? Uh, at the Clark Gallery, $900. Well, you know, it's only $900. Right. Oh, here we go. The uh, There is a... Uh, is there three, a lower? 380 bucks uh, used on uh, wow. Amazon. <clears throat> wow. Well, you know, anyway, you, you, you want to so, uh, you want to get fancy. You got it. You, you that's gotta that's fancy. That's the price of fancy. You know, Ache is, I mean, I know we talked about Ache 600 episodes ago. For those of you who haven't looked at Eugene Ache's photographs of Paris in the, around the turn of the century. Right. Uh, they, they are both uh, uh, boring and fascinating at the same time. Like you, you look yep. at them and you go, oh, it's just a picture of a street. But then you sit there and you just sort of stare at this photograph of some street corner in Paris with no people in it 
from 1880 or whatever the hell it was, you know? Um, and I, I think that that's, it's, he's, he's one of those guys who's just, if you don't have a book of his work, you should pick one up because they're, he's great. Um, and, and a lot of other, a lot of other stuff comes from his work. Does that make sense? Like he he is, he's sort of the, he's the, um, He's the Husker do or, or replacements of that kind of photography. You know, like <laughs> right, he's, he's right. the guy some people know, but everyone talks about as an influence. Right. Uh, right, right, right. Uh, there's actually a good, Oh God. I just pasted so in uh, a, a Skype link. This is the book that, uh, that Chris okay. got me. Oh, okay. Beautiful book. Uh, there's also, uh, I was going to pull, there's a little Aceh's Paris book. Uh, oh, Aceh's postcards. Oh, look at that. Yeah, right, Aceh Paris here. I got it. I'll, I'll, it? I'll yeah, I, I, I had it. I, I got it. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll put these in. Um, also, Brassai. If you like Aceh, check out Brassai, especially Paris at night. Beautiful yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That and it's okay. I agree with you. Although I do think that Paris at night is a far more, far more romantic view of it all. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, and and L- less editorial, less yeah, documentary. which is yeah, which sure. is interesting in its in its own right, but but different but complementary, I guess is is the way that I would put it. Um, yeah. See, now we're getting all uh, now we're getting all crazy uh, about uh, Ache and Brisai. I'll find well, a good Brisai book. There are worse here. things to get all crazy about. <laughs> it's true. Uh, what else do you want to talk about? I know we have. Uh, I mean, we have a sponsor. We have a bunch of other stuff to talk about, but. Uh, is there anything in particular you want to you want to direction you want to go or well this there's a funny a funny item okay and it, it's it it doesn't speak to really photography i guess it sort of does uh but i just found it kind of ludicrous uh so uh henry cavill who played superman okay is is doing uh another movie and he's he ha- he has a mustache for the other movie Okay. And, and, and scruff, right? But they need to do reshoots for Justice League. So Warner Brothers, and, and he can't, he says he can't shave the mustache for the other part. So Warner Brothers is spending millions of dollars to digitally remove <laughs> his mustache and facial hair. Could you imagine that job? Sitting in front of a computer removing Superman's <laughs> facial hair? <clears throat> and how awesome would it be to see the before images of superman with his cape with a big freaking 70s mustache on. oh and he's yeah he's doing mission impossible is what he's doing and he's okay. got this big couldn't caterpillar they recreate that mustache as a you would think wouldn't like, that be the easier guy way to go on on mission impossible make one of those up the the the, the lead character on the americans can pull it off i think the superman right. can pull it off <laughs> if a russian hiding in america in 1984 can pull it right. off i think that uh right i'm not shaving it bill i'm not doing it (laughs) it's just i just thought it was funny millions of dollars they're going to spend in post-production on this Uh, i hope this is fake it's actually three it's three scenes too probably yeah yeah uh by the way there's a brisai monograph hardcover book from 2000 that is 320 pages long nine point eight by 12.2 inches so 10 by 12 book Mm-hmm. Hardcover, $12.13. Wait, what is this? Where is this? Versailles, the monograph. I'll put wow. a link. I'll put a link. Yeah, in put Skype. a link, please. I put a link in the show notes already, but here's the link in the Skype. Come on. Thir- yeah, $12? $12. Cu- few gl- cups of coffee? A decent hamburger? Right. 
blow, blow your mind, you know? Wait, a decent, who pays $12 for a hamburger? Oh, welcome to New York City. Well, like a hamburger and fries, 12 bucks. The diner? What? You think it should be less or more? Less. Oh, well then, <laughs> welcome to New York City. <laughs> I'm going to California tomorrow. You know what my first stop is? We're, we're stopping after the airport in and out Burger. <clears throat> what's, uh, what's, in, what's in L.A.? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Whole bunch of nothing. Uh, just, Whole bunch of businesses that are going out of business. Right. Family and friends. Oh, okay. Uh, right, 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 right. I forgot about that tour. Yep. Taking the girl. Going on tour. Going on tour. Yeah, taking the girl. Um, um, very, very excited. Yeah, that should be fun. Yeah. Um, what? Uh, let's let's you want, talk. You want to talk about these guys? Yeah, let's talk about our sponsor. You want to? You want to talk about? You want? Hey, Bill. Do you want to yeah. talk about some award winning? And what I'm and I'm talking about top to bottom redesign. What what, what are you talking about, Jeff? Accounting software. <laughs> yeah, I would. It can save you 400 hours a day <laughs> in billing. I fixed it. I fixed the copy. <laughs> I did it. I'm holding up my hand. <laughs> All the freelancers we listening actually, right now. Yeah, but we actually got in. some uh, an email going. Uh, your math doesn't quite. For, <laughs> for the record, the copy is wrong. <laughs> But I fixed it. Uh, Jeffrey, so if you could reclaim 192 hours a year of your precious time, would you do that? Uh, no, I want the 192 a month or I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if it's free. Our friends at FreshBooks who made a slight small mistake in their copy, but we love right. them. We love uh, them. They yeah. make ridiculously easy cloud accounting software for freelancers. And they're the people behind this question. And for good reason, by simplifying tasks like invoicing, tracking expenses, and getting paid online, FreshBooks has drastically reduced the time it takes for over 10 million people to deal with their paperwork, which I got to say, is the worst part about owning a business. You can send clean, professional-looking invoices in about 30 seconds. With literally two clicks, you can set yourself up to receive payments online. Uh, You can take pictures of receipts on your phone using the FreshBooks mobile app. Make claiming your expenses a million times easier. It's like, hey, look, hey, yeah, this uh, this drinks with this other guy. This is going to this account. Can I can I write off <clears throat> our conversations every week? <laughs> I do. Uh, Fresh Books <laughs> oh, has been completely wow. redesigned from the ground up, custom built oh, for the way you work. Man. <laughs> You opened yourself up for that one. Wow. Get ready for the simplest way to be more productive, organized, and most importantly, get paid quickly because that's the most important thing, right, people? Uh, with the new projects feature, you get to share files and messages with your clients, contractors, and employees. You can see how quickly things happen when everything's all in one place. The new notification center is like your personal assistant. You'll always know what's changed in your business since you last logged down, what needs to be dealt with. Uh, like uh, overdue invoices, which speaking of overdue invoices, overdue invoices, they'll send automated late reply reminders. So like uh, late payment reminders. So if you, uh, you know, you sent an invoice to somebody and they haven't paid for it yet. Well, you don't have to right. awkwardly talk to them and make a call. You could just, FreshBooks you can just is going to do, do that for you. I got, I got to sign up for this and send some stuff to five by five. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> when you email a client uh, an invoice, they can show you whether they've seen it, which puts an end to the whole, oh, I didn't get your invoice. Uh, and, uh, multi-currency invoicing. So, so if you're working with, uh, uh, with euros or yen or what are, what are they using Russia rubles? They still use rubles in Russia. <laughs> what do they use in Russia? Trump. <laughs> but um, so wait, you know, what's the best is the scene in, in white nights where, where, uh, Oh uh, sure. God, what he, a great movie. He, yeah, it is so good. The opening yeah. credits of white nights that Bershnikov is dancing is like um, amazing. Find, yeah. find a good link seen, to that, and I'll put it in the show notes while I'm doing uh, this. Okay. 
um, but there's this scene where uh, Gregory Hines and Bershnikov like bet that Bershnikov can't do 10 pirouettes at once or something. And he wins and he grabs the rubles and he goes, rubles, I forgot how good they feel. Um, (laughs) And if you have any questions whatsoever, FreshBooks award-winning customer service is amazingly helpful, super friendly with zero attitude, plus a real live person usually uh, answers in three rings or less. So if you're listening to this and not using FreshBooks yet, now would be the time to try. FreshBooks is offering an unrestricted 30-day free trial for all of our listeners. No credit card required. All you have to do is go to FreshBooks.com and enter on taking pictures in the how did you hear from us section when you sign up for your trial. Thank you so much to FreshBooks for their support of on taking pictures in 5x5. Um, did you find a link for White Knights? Did I find a link? Of course I found a link. <clears throat> did you one find a... Pirouette, one yeah. Rupert. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I Like he's 10. No, no, no. 11. 11 pirouettes. Yeah. And he does it so smoothly. You know, actually, you know what? There's there's an analysis of... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, I'm going to... I'm going to put this in, Jeffrey, and I'm also going to put in the link to the uh, seven-minute analysis of it in slow motion. Nice. <laughs> wow. The which director's is, cut of Baryshnikov doing 11 which is pirouettes. just about the nerdiest thing that right. any, any person could ever but be involved so I, in. I got a chance to see him dance back in the day, and it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. He's a monster. Uh, so, uh, what else we got here? Where are we going? Uh, oh, okay. So a couple people sent this in. Actually, I think a few people sent this in. Uh, there, there is an award, a photographic portrait prize called the Olive Cotton Award. Olive Cotton Award. Who's Olive Cotton? Uh, I'm going to find out. Keep going. I don't know. Old man Cotton's daughter. (laughs) Oh, it's an Australian modernist a female photographer from the 30s and 40s. Oh, we should there use you this woman for our photographer of the week next week. All right. So foreshadowing, maybe we will. All right. Uh, so the the winner of of this year's portrait prize, yeah. can't stress that enough, portrait prize, um, is a, a photograph of scrawls made by the photographer's grandmother onto a piece of film. Yes. So uh, in, 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 Justine the, in the copy. Varga, Justine Varga's maternal line, it's called. Yeah. A portrait of her grandmother, Catalin, yet she does not appear in the image. Neither was a camera used in the production of the image. Ms. Varga created the photographic image, which features scrawls made by her grandmother onto a piece of film after seeing her sitting at a kitchen table with a jar of pens, testing each of them with a scribble. Quote, she was quite bemused that I asked her to inscribe on the negative and basically spit on it, she said. You know, she's my grandmother. She's not really into that sort of thing. <clears throat> Ms. Varga's work was awarded the $20,000 prize at the Tweed Regional Gallery on Saturday by Judge Sean Lakin, who called it, quote, a very complex photographic portrait, end quote. Okay. Your thoughts? Uh, I could see this as a work of art, but not as a photographic portrait. This is a little bit like the whole uh, um, Bob Dylan winning the literature 
award, right? Right. Are we doing this just to be sort of... <clears throat> okay, I'm, I'm going to be Is not... this highbrow for highbrow's sake? I'm going to be not me for two seconds. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> I just sneezed. <laughs> you were allergic to the idea? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been waiting for it for years. Um, I love this. Hmm. I mean, I don't know that I love it, but I, I, there's something about it. I get it. I, whether or not this deserves to be the, I, I haven't seen the rest of them. Maybe the, maybe the other 6,000 entries were absolutely horrible, you know? Okay. But assuming okay. they're not. You get it. You okay. get it. L- l- here's my but question. This though. could be anyone. Yeah, absolutely. But if, if you found while cleaning out your father's, uh, uh, work studio. His 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 workroom. What would you yeah. call it? His his shop. His shop. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you found a piece of paper with a bunch of scribbles of dimensions that he was working on something. Yeah. Before he died. Yeah. That would be a pretty good portrait of of what your father was like. Arguably better that. Uh, arguably equivalent to a picture of the man. Right. That that was more what he is than a picture of him might be correct or arguably maybe but this is the award for photographic portraiture yep and i think the fact it was that made it was, on film well that's what i was just going to say the fact that it was on film is a very thin representation i think this is one of those things where uh <laughs> all right all right you got us it's true this is technically a photograph because it was on film. And yes, your grandmother scrawled on it, whatever. But this will never happen again. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's one of those sort of, wow, that's a really neat idea and ballsy move to enter it. And who, whoever was judging this thing was sympathetic to the concept. And therefore, it comes out on top. But this is not going to be a new revolution in photographic portraiture. Mm-hmm. You know, Um let me ask you a question. If it was a, when, when I first read the, um, the title first, uh, photographic portrait pride awarded it to an image without a face. I was thinking, Oh, is, is, is the woman turned away? You know, is it just the back of her head or something? You know, that kind of thing. Right. Right. And then it goes this far and I go, okay, well that's completely different. Um, <clears throat> if it was the back of her head, say, would, would that be Okay. silence <clears throat> maybe <laughs> I, yeah i don't know you know one one of my favorite portraits of my dad that i that i took <clears throat> of was his hands. him yeah it was yeah. his hands sure i like that one and, and that and that 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 photograph i think is the most accurate representation of who my father was at least to me than I that 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 I could imagine. Yeah. You could argue that this by her grandmother having her hand involved in actually making it. Her grandmother touched this piece of film. Mm-hmm. Not photons of light bounced off her grandmother, which touched this piece of film. Mm-hmm. You could argue that it's even more intimate than a quote unquote photograph would have been. 
I I, I don't Maybe. know. I'm I'm playing devil's advocate a little bit. Yeah, sure you are. But the, yeah. but the, but there is an element of this that I I kind of get. I don't know, and I'm surprised I'm saying that. Yeah, you know, me too. Because you you are a portrait photographer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So but I, I, I think mean, there I mean, is some novelty up to in a, this. If you showed up to a shoot and and turn this into the art to the picture editor, yeah, yeah, you'd never get hired again. Yeah. Look, I know I was supposed to shoot the CEO, but instead I just had him scribble on this piece of film, and because uh, that encapsulates who he is. Yeah, yeah. They'd be like, "Get bent, you're fired." Yeah, yeah, right. But this isn't for commercial purposes, right? This is on this deeper level of quote unquote art. So is this is this the solution or is this what's wrong with art? I think that this is someone holding a mirror up to what we think art is. And in that way, it's almost kind of interesting. But, I think is, it, th- but, but is it that intentional or was this a lark? Was this like, oh, you know, this would be kind of clever. It's only going to cost me 30 bucks to enter it. I'll try it. I think that it is. I don't know. I do think that it's clever. Um, I wouldn't have thought of this and I kind of liked the idea. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I'm going to have to think about this some more, but, but it, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't offend me as much as, you know, some of the Wessing prizes in the past few years I've looked at and gone, really? Remember, you know, you mm-hmm. and I have both yeah, sort sure, of, sure, right? sure. I like this better than I like some of them. So, uh, you know, do, do with that what you will. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. So anyway, those of you who who sent this in, uh, what are your thoughts? And and for those of you, read the show notes. Go to ontakingpictures.com, read the show notes. Uh, let us know what you think. Podcast at ontakingpictures.com. Uh, speaking of weird things, uh, my friend Craig sent this over to me, this camera made of drinking straws. See, now I think this is kind of cool. This is super cool. Um, this guy basically built a, I guess that would be hexagon, hexagonal mm-hmm. enclosure, um, and filled it with thirty about 32,000 drinking straws. Does that look like it's 32,000 of them? doesn't look like it. You know what I mean? Just looking at the, but I don't, I mean, it, I guess it depends on the dimensions of this box. This box looks very small to me. Maybe the box is. Yeah. Is, but I think it's a slice of what eight by 10 film or something behind it. It's gotta be something mm-hmm. like that. Anyway. So this guy, um, why the shape though? Why the hexagonal shape? If he's producing, you know, sort of standard format. Images? Uh, good question. Actually. I don't know. Uh, due to a uh, multiple perspective resulting from the interjection. Okay. So we'll, uh, well, we'll get back to that in one second. The, so basically in 2007, he started messing around with this idea. So he has straws that go through to a piece of uh, film in the back and the straws sort of have a optical quality to them because they're picking up the color and the level of light coming through mm-hmm. down like a little tunnel. It's essentially like a, a each one is like a little aperture, like a little lensless right, right, right. camera. Uh, that's the oh. thing. Basically, what it is, right? It's just a pile of pinhole cameras. Sure. I, I wonder how screen. how many iterations it took to get the length right. Yeah, I guess that that would be my question. And uh, so, you know, there's another version of the camera further down, Jeffrey, like halfway down, that looks like it's standard ratio. Oh yeah, just kind of taped together. Wow, look at that. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. yeah, I think the length would be a big uh, would be a big question. Although you could theoretically put a piece of ground glass on the back, and you'll generally see what you're going to end up seeing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just because. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get something that's not very sharp, uh, and almost sort of pointillist looking on what I'm assuming is eight by ten film. But the 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 kind of neat thing about it is that for anyone who's ever like worked at a restaurant is that drinking straws don't stack nice and neat. Yeah, there's, you get these little patterns in there. Yeah, I, I think it's just fascinating. Which and and it's interesting that even though it is in some ways almost like a digital format in the sense that the 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 straws are individual sort of pixels, mm-hmm. um, you get this randomness of the pattern that is a lot like film grain. So right. you get this you get this image that's not quote unquote accurate, but is certainly organic and interesting. Yeah. Um, it is it also is interesting the the sort of the color. Okay, like the picture of the guy up top and the woman. Maybe it's just tungsten lights on with with daylight paper, you know, or daylight film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but then there's and the weird got the one below that green one. Yeah, the like suit over blasted one of the guy. Right. Maybe that's cross process. Maybe yeah. Maybe, maybe he did you know, something he's, in process. He's you know yeah. Um. Overall, though, I a uh, very very cool idea. Um, yeah. What do you what do you think about the idea of of alternate cameras? Is that something that you would want to get into? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I love it. Well, uh, the guy, uh, the the guy that made his own cameras, uh, the crazy gosh, Russian guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out of like toilet paper yeah. tubes <laughs> yeah. and uh, fascinating. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'll uh, yeah what yeah the, find that, that guy. It starts with a K, him. I think his last name. Uh, no, start Titchy. Oh, oh, right, Check. right. Okay, okay. Yeah, homemade ca- cameras constructed of cardboard tubes, tin cans, and other at right at hand. Can we materials. put that in the show notes? Yeah, yeah. Have I'll we ever a, used him as a as a photog of the week? Uh, I don't know that we have. That would be a good one too. Uh, classic cameras of Russia. New <laughs> Is that a calendar? Nimnoga. Um. <laughs> Yeah, look at all these crazy cameras. I, I also love the uh, Arsenal, like the oh, the Kiev eighty eight. That's a, almost an exact copy. Oh, sure. of the Hasselblad. Rip off of the Hasselblad. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just can you paste that link in? Let me see that, please. Uh, of uh, which one did you want to see? Tichy. Oh yeah, yeah, I just found his Wikipedia article. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, I was looking for a better. Oh, we one need an ass- we need an assignment today. Yeah, we do. Jeez, Jeffrey. Uh. <laughs> What about uh, you? Know what the craziest thing about this guy is how he look. He himself looks. Oh, he's like Ted Bundy, right? Oh yeah, he's he's terrifying in a weird kind of way. He's like the unitographer. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> unitographer. <laughs> unitographer. Uh, title. <laughs> That's good. Unitographer. Um. <clears throat> Man, sometimes you're you're on a roll. That that was yeah. a good one. Uh, yeah, here's a here's a F Stoppers article. I'll add there too. Okay, uh, that's good. Um, oh, that's funny. That's really funny. Yeah, this guy looks insane. Um, I like the pictures of him with his cameras even better than the pictures he himself t- has taken. Right. Because uh, he just he yeah he looks like something out of a he looks like Rasputin or something. He's like. <laughs> You yeah, know. he he fits his cameras, or his cameras oh. fit him. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like those pictures of dogs next to their owners, and right, <laughs> everyone has the dog that looks like them. Oh, uh, so good. Miroslav Tichy is his name. 
Yeah. So yeah. so check that out. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, you got anything else? Mm, you mean about him? No, in general. In general? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, hmm. How, do, how books, does he? How does he? One hundred eighty. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Where'd you figure out the printing, or are you going to do ebook first? Uh, ebook first, followed by a Kickstarter campaign for the print book. Okay. Uh, head over to photographybytheletter.com. Okay. <clears throat> excellent. Yeah. Uh, new T-shirts also. Very excited about those. I got some samples and wore them. They're soft. Very, very soft. They're very soft. You're going to love you, them. How'd you do the uh, mock-ups of the book? Uh, magic. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, it's an incantation, I could tell you, but uh, you know, then everybody can start using it. And, I like it on the red. The red's good. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, if you're interested in the book that I've been working on for the past two years or so, photographybytheletter.com, ebook t- to start. Uh, probably ebook will be out uh, first week in August. And then uh, Kickstarter campaign in September for the print book. Uh, I'm debating doing a special edition hardcover. Okay. But I'm not sure about that yet. Okay. Who are you debating with? The voices in my head. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> Do it, Jeffrey. No, no, it sucks. No, it's great. It's <laughs> like in that scene in Animal House. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, it sounded a little like uh, Robin Williams. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. Uh, you got you got an assignment idea. I we I'm do thinking. have we do have the giant uh, list that uh, Tom in Michigan sent us. Yeah, let's pick something from that. I'll I'll start I'll, in the group. All right, go ahead. So uh, the 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 last assignment in the group, the G plus group, was reverse. Yeah, got to go right? forward to go back. It's, or you got to go back to go forward. Still true. Still yeah. true. Uh, Mario Mirabile. I love that shot of the guy walking across the arrows. That's a terrific perspective. Love those high perspectives. I like that. I like looking down. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a perspective that we don't often get to see. Um, reverse, oh yeah. The Mario uh, one's beautiful with the arrows. Isn't that gorgeous? That. Yeah. Come on. Uh, Bobby Ellis. Nice oh, the, shot of the uh, horse. horse. Mm hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you like Thanks, that? Mr. Ed. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Andy Duncan, reverse panorama of the frozen Bear River this winter. Nice. Okay. Uh, Nick Govis, reverse and reflected. That's a nice reflection shot. Max Nex, reverse. Little model shoot there. What is that? A, is that a, what is that? Is that a big boxing glove? It is. It's like one of the, it's a giant boxing. Oh, it's like a, like a Harley Quinn thing happening there. Nice. Yeah. Um, Larry Shapiro, reverse self-portrait or coming and going flash on repeating mode, 10 exposures over a a five second interval. That's a really interesting shot, Larry. Very cool. That's terrific. Uh, uh, go to the group, check this out. Larry's kind of starts, starts in, uh, in, in, in facing the camera, ends up facing away, but captures all of the iterations in between. I love that. Um, Todd Schick, pass this scene, put the car in reverse to make this pick. Todd, I understand you, uh, you had the cops called on you for taking pictures of cars, some concerned citizens. Where? Uh, up in Saskatchewan. Really? Yeah. I thought I remember reading that. Uh, check out his Instagram. Yeah, somebody, he was taking pictures of a car and somebody said, hey, what are you doing over there? Uh, Keith 
Pearsall did this uh, beautiful nude of uh, under yeah. a waterfall. That's and and asked if that's okay. I say that kind of nude is perfectly fine. That's I think beautiful. it's fine. Yeah, almost reminds me of the uh, the Watson picture of uh, uh, what's her name, Kate Moss. Oh like yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. of yep, feel. Yep, yep, yep. You know, it's also uh, uh, like a two steps away from uh, who did the super wide uh, nudes, you know, the ones that were sort of distorted. Oh, uh, uh, Bill Brandt, Bill Brandt, Bill Brandt. If it was, if it was a foot closer, a little more wide and you were down by the hand, that's what you yeah, get. Yeah. You'd you get a Bill get. Brandt shot. Yeah. Um, Barry reverse. What are you looking through? Oh, there's a sign. Okay. There's some good ones. Port of Detroit. Um, Florian shooting some film ready for reversal. Uh, Teslin wish I could reverse time and have more chances to get more shots like this last night. I do too. That's terrific. I love, in fact, the, uh, uh, the little bit of blur in the foreground, creating some depth, looking, looking back into that little barn. That's a very nice shot. Um, good work. Yeah. Some nice stuff. Uh, what do you think about communication? Communication? As a communication as a, breakdown. Communication breakdown. <laughs> how, how are the 180 uh, gram vinyl versions of Rush? Good. Yeah. Yeah. I listened to uh, Moving Pictures and uh, somebody said, you need to drop the needle on 2112. So uh, I did. Don't drop the needle. Lightly place the I needle. use the little arm. I don't okay. trust myself. I use the little, the little well, arm. You're getting older. You're shaky. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Uh, but they sound terrific. Uh, that's the, I guess that seems to be the new standard, 180 gram. Well, that was the that was the old classic. Oh, is that is that what standard. it is? Okay, yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah. The the whole idea is you know like heavier records, you can the groove can be deeper, and it, mm, you know they just mm-hmm. have more mass to them. There's all these mm-hmm. theories of why this is better. They're um, good. I mean, I've got my list, you know, and that's the thing. I think you, you have to go into these record shops with a list. Otherwise, to your point earlier, you just get lost. Oh, There's yeah. so much in there. You know? I um, was out at Michael Fremer's house a few couple of months ago for my 365, who is the analog corner editor for Stereophile magazine. So he had his, right. you know, three hundred thousand dollars stereo, whatever the hell it is. Um, and and I said, you know, hey, let's can we listen to some Steely Dan? He's like, yeah, sure. Do you want Gaucho Asia? I was like, uh, let's say Gaucho. He goes, all right. I have five different pressings of. <laughs> Gotcha. Nice. Which one would I you looked, like to hear? I looked for Asia, and th- there were a couple that I found at the record store. Well, beat they, up. They, yeah, they weren't in great shape. I'm sure you could find one somewhere. But that's on a list. Uh, Darkness on the Edge of Town, certainly on the list. I bet you you could also go real deep on eBay pretty easily. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I bet you could. Yeah. Um, so uh, what do you think of the assignment? What do you, you have an idea? Yeah, communication. Communication? Great. Perfect. All right. Yeah, fine. Communication is where it's at. Right. Uh... Ready for photographer of the week? You got something else? Mm. You can think mm. about it some more. I got nothing. I got nothing going. I'm on. gonna. Th- I'm gonna think about it. You go ahead. <laughs> All right, uh, photographer of the week. So I've I've been on a crazy beetle bender lately. Right. Um. I watched that eight days a week documentary. Right. Uh, the, uh, the the Ron Howard. Or, Ronnie Howard one. Yep. Yeah. 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 Which is well, interesting. Taken be- over for the Han Solo movie. Yeah, well, somebody with some adulthood had to come in there because yeah. those kids doesn't sound like they were doing the job. Uh, just because you can make the Lego movie doesn't mean you can make Star Wars. You know what I'm saying, kid? 
Harsh. This camera can make the Kessel run in 12 parsecs. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, <laughs> Photographer of the Week, Robert Freeman, who uh, is famous for having shot most of the early Beatles cover. So he made the With the Beatles cover, Beatles for Sale, the Help cover, and Rubber Soul. He shot all of those. And uh, I'm using him as a uh, shorthand for all of these photographers who have these iconic album covers and shots from, say, the 50s and 60s and 70s that no one knows who took their pictures. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm, what, mm-hmm. like how many people know, I mean, you and I know that Jamie Zell took the cover of kind of blue, but most people would be like, Oh yes, yeah, that cover kind of blue. You know, they're not thinking about the photographer most of the time. Um, and so th- th- there's these interesting pictures. So, uh, uh, the, the, with the Beatles is, uh, the, the, the weird, uh, sort of left, uh, lit, stacking like uh john and george and paul and then ringo's down in the corner do you know what i'm talking right, about that, right. that black yeah, yeah, and white yeah. Shot? yeah yeah apparently they just shot it in a hallway of a hotel uh the corridor was very dark there was a window at the end and he used this heavy source of natural light coming from the right that he got this moody picture most people think he must have worked on forever and ever since paul mccartney but it only took an hour we sat down took a couple of rolls that was it and the and the and the government or the government the uh, the record company thought that it was too dark, too serious, you know this kind of thing. But it's crazy that. And, and you ready for this, Jeffrey? He was paid seventy five pounds for his oh, work. Oh wow, wow! Which was three times the normal fee. Yeah, he he needs to talk to Jay, <laughs> learn how to negotiate. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, but he, Jay won't get out of bed for seventy five pounds. <laughs> yeah, and, and then and then he said uh, they 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 fit it in the square format of the cover. So rather than have them all in one line, I put Ringo at the bottom right corner since he was the last to join the group. He was also the shortest. Nice. So, but it is interesting that you know you don't think about that kind of stuff. You usually have four people lined up. It's like, well, no, let's stack them and let's stick this guy down here in the corner. It just interesting things that that you would never think to normally do, but make that an iconic thing, right? He did mm-hmm. the he did the Beatles for Sale cover, which is the four of them sort of lined up in Hyde Park, very aut- autumnal feeling. I don't know, you know that record cover, yeah, uh, sure. It almost looks like it has like leaves in in bouquet in the in the in the front edge. Uh, also, they just you know went up they for a couple of hours, shot some stuff, and they said, "Yep, you know." And he, the photographer uh, he Freeman told them just to show up. Because we all wore the same kind of gear at the time, black stuff, white shirts, uh, big black scarves. And it's a gatefold picture, too, of the of of the Beatles standing in front of a montage of photos. He did the help cover, which is uh, theoretically a semaphore version of all the Beatles, you know, making. Right. Just holding the flags up. Yeah, sure. Right. But actually, it spells out N-U-J-V. Because apparently they tried originally to make it say help, but the help semaphore you know, angles didn't look like all that much. So they basically just made it up. Um, so he, he said, I had the idea. Now of I semaphore- feel cheated. I know. I had the idea of uh, semaphore spelling out the letters H-E-L-P. But when we came to do the shot, the arrangement of the arms with those letters didn't look so good. So we decided to improvise and ended up with the best, uh, best graphic positioning of the arms. Uh, and then finally, he did the uh, rubber sole cover, um, which is kind of weird and distorted. You know, it has, almost looks like it's uh, kind of uh, looking up at them in a, in a right. sort of weird but way. But it's got this, it's almost like it was anamorphic and they they squeezed it all back in. Right. So apparently what they were doing is when they were, he shot a bunch of pictures and what he would do to show them the pictures was was to project uh, slides of the pictures onto 
a 12 by 12 album cover so they can see what it would look like in album hmm. form. Mm-hmm. And as they were doing that, somebody bumped into the thing that it was projecting on and it kind of tilted back for a second. And they liked the way that looked and they're like, oh, can we do that? We want to have that. And he's like, yeah, I can do that. So that's why it looks all distorted is because it was it was just a happy accident that they that they kind of came upon that. I kind of um, dig the typography on that record too. Uh, done by Charles Front, a British Love illustrator. It. Reminds uh, me of uh, uh, Schoolhouse Rock. Yes, very much so. Um, so anyway, I just, I mean, he also, of course, shot a lot of other famous people. And interestingly enough. Uh, I love that Jimmy Cliff <laughs> selection on yeah. his page. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll put a link That's in the terrific. show notes to those. Yeah. Apparently his then wife, Sunny Drain, who was a model in the 1964 Pirelli girl calendar. Hmm. Uh, uh, had a year long clandestine affair with John Lennon. Oops. Uh, he says that she was the inspiration for Norwegian Wood. Huh. Yeah. Wow. Just just putting that out there as a little piece what, of what is uh, your, interesting now, ephemera. In, in all of this this research and watching, what is your favorite Beatles record? I, I have a favorite. <sighs> My favorite oh, to listen to you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think if I had to choose one Beatles record, it would probably be Revolver. Yeah, um, me too. Me too. But... Um, but uh, you know, I've listened to uh, uh, Sgt. Pepper a lot recently. Mm-hmm. White album's good because it's so um, eclectic. You know, there's so much on there, and it's a double album. Um, yeah, it's. I am not a huge fan of really early Beatles, like the "I Want to Hold Your Hand" girly stuff. I, I'm not, and girly, I mean like where it's all just songs about you know women loving them. Um, right. I'm not a huge fan of that. I mean, it's all excellent, amazing work, but I don't choose to listen to it. But starting with Rubber Soul, Revolver, I, I listen to all that stuff. Um, yeah, Beatles. It's it's one of those things I've suddenly come to this every 10 years or so, you know, you kind of come back to the Beatles and go, God, they're good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every, everything that came after the Beatles is because of the Beatles. It's just, it's like so I, I, obvious. I would say Revolver, probably favorite record. But I think A Day in the Life, probably my favorite song. I would say that Revolver is my least favorite cover, though. Oh, I find it interesting. The line drawing? Yeah, it it, it makes me uncomfortable. Mm. So maybe maybe it's just me being weird. Uh, I like the simplicity of Let It Be, the cover. Sure. Sure. Um, But again, there's examples of, you know, these guys were you know, putting out these records that millions and millions and millions of people were seeing and no one knows who took those pictures, you know, and it turns out it was one guy who did four of the first set, you know? So just wanted to put that out there. Yeah. Um, Robert Freeman, Robert Uh, Freeman. Good choice. Got, uh, got anything else? Um, if, if you dig this kind of work, uh, and we've talked about him before, be sure to go check out, uh, Eric Miola's stuff for, especially sure. the, the, the born to run sessions for yeah. Bruce. That's a, it's a terrific set of photos shot on 35 millimeter. Yeah. Just very simple, you know, yeah. Avedani kind of white background. Yeah. Although the light's about, kind of from the side, isn't it? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. All, all about the character though. And, and seeing, yep. you know, Bruce and Clarence <laughs> together. Yeah. Bruce and the big man. The big man. Big man Scooter joined the, the band. Man. Right. <laughs> uh, if you want to get a hold of us, podcast at uh, 
on takingpictures.com <laughs> podcast at uh, uh, I did that the other day. Like, what's our what's our email address? You're like podcast right, three right, right, four right. seven six eight seven ninety four eleven. You can leave us a voicemail uh, as a few of you do every week, and it's it's fun to hear those. So thank you so much. Um, we also got a couple emails. I, I don't want to go too much into the personal nature of them, but we've gotten a couple emails in the past week or two that are very personal stories about how our very. show has affected them. And um, yep. we thank you for that. sort of one or two to Jeffrey, one or two to me more so, but uh, I, we just want to say thank you and Absolutely. we read them and, and I'm going to write back to a couple. I just haven't figured out what I'm going to say. Yeah. Um, but uh, if you want to get, you know, uh, it's, it's interesting, Bill, what? we've been doing this <laughs> for longer this than for the long Beatles time. were together. Longer. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I just hope we pass the audition. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, you still, you still go through that, that is anybody listening? Are we reaching? Are we saying anything? Is, is it entertaining? In is it informative? Is it, sure. is it, what is it? And then we get emails like this that yeah. are not just, Hey, you know, long time listener, first time call it. Not, yeah, they're yeah, not yeah. that. Yep. They're these, you know, people are going through some things yeah. and, and for whatever reason, the show, the conversation, the banter, whatever it is, is a bright spot. Yeah. And, and I could not be more th- grateful or, or proud of that. Oh, that's, so thank that's, you guys. that's the takeaway, right? Sure. Um, yeah. And especially the uh, people who write us and they're like, I'm on an episode six and I have these thoughts. And I was like, man, you got a long way to <laughs> go. <laughs> Buckle up. <laughs> we'll talk to you in 2053. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, at Bill Wadman at Jeffrey Sidoris on Instagram and Twitter and if you want to follow my daily thing Wadman365 on Twitter or on Instagram rather uh, <laughs> and uh, send them to the wrong place they're going to be like damn it I can't find anything <laughs> and uh, can you can people pre-order the book already or what no, no pre-orders yet uh, okay. because right. I'm going out of town they, they will probably be there I don't know I'm still debating how to do the, the Kickstarter thing and, and deciding on what the you know, oh, you know, I have a, a a topic for next week. Sure, uh, yeah. which which I which was the Robert Freeman. One of the things I forgot to say about Robert Freeman. Um, apparently, he had a stroke a couple of years ago, um, and his family was selling some prints of John Lennon to mm. raise money to basically stabilize his archive. Hmm. And in fact, okay. the Robert Freeman Archive dot com or dot org or whatever it is. Uh, goes basically they let the hosting lapse like it's the website oh, really? doesn't exist and i just thought it would be an interesting topic of discussion to discuss what what um i guess uh what is everyone's role or the artist's role or the artist's children's or you know the the survivor's roles in keeping this stuff up and what's the best way to deal with that um hmm. i just thought it would be it's it's just interesting it's like you know somebody lives and they die, and now there's this physical stuff that needs to have upkeep, you know, in order for it to stay relevant or actually to remain existent. Um, yeah, this was, uh, let's see, uh, actually appeared on Paul McCartney's website back in 2015. Yeah. They were trying to get money to stabilize the archive. Well, Paul's got a few bucks. You know, you yeah, exactly. Just give him a... Especially now that he's got the, uh, the Beatles catalog back. Yeah, here's 50 grand. Go, uh, go buy some boxes. Wonder what he wonder what he paid for that to get the catalog back. A lot of money. 
more my than guess I have is in my checking account. A lot of eh, slightly more. You may have yeah. to dip into your reserves. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, so yeah. So anyway, I just I just thought maybe we can uh, go into that a little bit next week. Yeah, sure. Uh, all right, everyone. We will talk to you next week. And, have uh, thanks a for great week. Talk to you soon. Bye.